Hey, hockey moms, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Episode 6 brought to you by Morley's American Grill, 240 East Orvis Street in Messina. Seafood, steaks, beers, cocktails, tavern fare, they've got it all. I was there last night, had the New York Strip, medium rare, garlic mash, asparagus, it was dynamite. Awesome food. Bring your lady, wine and diner, it'll definitely get you points, fellas. Check out MorleysAmericanGrill.com, the place to be. 240 East Orvis Street in Messina. Patrick Sullivan, we got our hey. producer here tonight. Hi, Pat. Hey, what's up, fellas? We got Robbie Peters, our IT guy. Hey, guys. How we doing? And Derek Hitu, our all-around athletic guru. What's up, Derek? How we doing, guys? Hey, Derek. How's it going? And special guest, Gavin Reagan, vice president of the USA Hockey, with us tonight. Welcome, Gavin. Thank you guys for having me. I'm happy to be on. Yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time. We know you're really busy, um, real busy year for you with the Olympics. Uh, must have been an awesome experience over in South Korea for you. How was that? Yeah, it was actually it's been a a real busy year because we started right off the end of December. We hosted the World Junior Championships in Buffalo, New York, so that was a big one too. So which was a lot of fun. Uh, we didn't win the gold medal this year like we did last year, but we, we won a bronze medal, which was great. And then we transitioned right into there from, um, into our Olympic team. And we had, uh, I mean, uh, a tough stretch in between because in uh, January, um, our general manager, who is a very close friend of mine, he's my assistant, was my assistant, Jim Johansson, passed away unexpectedly. So we had to do a lot of uh, scrambling and Actually, I went from uh, most of the time when I go to the Olympics is, hey, all my work's done and just kind of oversee everything when I go. But this year, I actually uh, had to stay right in the village and I did the the day-to-day work with uh, our men's Olympic team. So I hadn't done the day-to-day work on the Olympic team since our women's team in 2006. So it was, uh, um, you know, it was, a, it was fun. It was a good experience. Uh, we had a great group of guys and it was, uh, I've never really been around uh, a group of guys that were so appreciative of going because the Olympics since 98 have had NHL players and all these guys growing up basically hey, watched it on TV and said, hey, I'm really, unless I play in the NHL, I'm never going to have a chance to go and just how things, uh, you know, worked out. You know, a lot of these guys uh, you know, have played a few games or, or not at all. And they got the opportunity to wear USA Hockey's jersey and, at the Olympics. And it was a lot of fun for a lot of them, so which was great. It was a great experience. Yeah, we had the uh, inside scoop with uh, Jordan Greenway, hometown hometown guy, uh, Pat's nephew. So he filled us in on the on the village and his experience, and you know all the insides that we don't see on TV. And it was pretty cool, a great experience for him being an NCAA guy. And uh, NCAA players just really produced. It was great for them. You know, the, the under eighteen is going on right now too, right in Russia. Yeah, they're going on right now in Russia. We actually played Canada this morning and lost six to four. But uh, uh, that's uh, basically it's the first tournament for these guys that all the NHL scouts really, you know, pay a lot of attention to because they're going to be, you know, draft eligible coming up here. So um, we have uh, uh, the Hughes kid that could very well be next year's draft, could be the number one draft pick in the NHL. So um, really good player. Hey, it's a long tournament, so anything can happen. But yeah, we started off, lost to Canada six to four. But um, from what I've been told, Canada and us and Russia are probably the three best teams in the tournament. So, so we'll you're not headed to, to how that plays Russia? You, no, you going to Russia tomorrow? To Russia. <laughs> no, I'm not heading to Russia tomorrow. I've been there a number of times. Actually, what I'm working on right now is uh, um, our men's world championship is in um, uh, Copenhagen and Herning. Uh, Denmark and uh, that starts uh, our guys are leaving on the 29th of December and that starts the first I think it's the 4th of uh, May we play our first game so and that's a really long tournament those guys will be there for probably close to a month so I'm going over to Denmark I think it's the 12th of uh, May and I'll be there until the 21st so yeah that's what I'm working on so what what that is is basically um, for all the teams, it's NHL players um, that aren't playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. So, like, for example, our captain of our team is going to be um, Patrick Kane. So he's going to be the captain of the team, and we're adding players, and we're going to announce 15 of those uh, next week too. So 
we just have announced Patrick right now, but you can kind of guess some of the teams that aren't some of the better American players that will be going. So, I mean, if they're not hurt and uh, there's not really contracts or stuff like that going on, a lot of them will be going over with us, So, which is good. So, and we're going to have um, Billy Zito, who's the assistant GM of Columbus, is the GM of that team, and Jeff Blaschel, who's the coach of the Detroit Red Wings, is going to be the head coach of the team and Donnie Granato, who's an assistant coach for the Chicago Blackhawks is going to be one of the assistants. So yeah, that's a, it's a real, real big tournament. Actually for the Europeans, it's almost bigger to them um, than it is uh, to some of the players than going to the Stanley cup because it's right held in Europe and the crowds are crazy. I mean, there'll be 20,000 people at each game. And I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, really really fun experience because what happens is these guys like for example it's tougher for us in canada to get our guys there close to the europeans because hey when if you're a canadian player or a u.s player obviously when you get done playing um you're either staying in the in the city where you're playing or you're going back to if you're jordan greenway and you're playing in, in minnesota hey maybe you're coming back to canton for a while and that so when you take the europeans Hey, most of them are going back to Europe for their, for the summer. So they're all excited to take a few weeks off and then get back to playing hockey in the, uh, in a world championship for their country. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, you'll have, you'll have guys like, uh, a Lundquist will play goal and, you know, you'll have guys that'll just go home for the summer and want to play, take a few weeks off and then want to play in a world championship. So it's a lot of fun. It's a big, huge tournament. So, which is, yeah, which is good. What an experience for you, Gavin, being, uh, you know, local to the North Country and being involved in these these uh, massive USA hockey tournaments. I mean, it's just it's it's unbelievable. I mean, the guys that you're you're hanging around with and uh, the players that you're you're watching and, and picking to play for these teams. I mean, it's uh, it's quite tremendous feat that you've got to this point in USA hockey. It's great. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just been this, you know, uh, just like anything, you got to get a break, you got to get a break to start, and then hopefully you're able to do a good job uh, while you're there. So um, we've been uh, we've been pretty successful, and I you know I got lucky to be given the opportunity. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I didn't think, uh, you know, hey, uh, I wouldn't think that um, you know I'm going out and picking up the phone if I need to talk to Chris Chelios on something and or my son saying, Hey dad, it's, uh, you know, um, yeah, you could pick the Peter Laviolette calling you. I'm like, okay. So, I mean, it's <laughs> not a bad yeah. role. Yeah. yeah, no, it's to be honest with you guys, I got like three different security locks on my phone because, um, <laughs> just for the simple fact that, I mean, obviously these guys are, are public figures and you don't, I mean, we just don't want obviously their numbers to get out because there are some people that are a little nutty out there too. So, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> these, sure. guys, I mean these guys are real good guys. I mean, uh, I have an advisory committee of, you know, that uh, consists of, you know, Ray, all the American GMs. So, I mean, you're talking like Ray Sherrill, I talk to just about, you know, at least once a week on different things. And, you know, I'll be talking to Dale Talon from Florida or just we just added Scott Gordon, who's the GM of the the Rangers, to our advisory committee. So, because we had guys like Brian Burke and Paul Holmgren that was on my other on my committee, and and Donnie Waddell, but they're all presidents of their teams now. So we're they're still on a, you know part of our group, but we're just adding uh, our NHL GMs that are Americans. So. I mean, Stan Bowman, I mean, we, I just talked to a bunch of different guys all the time because, and with agents, there's obviously, if you want to get players, you got to talk to them go through their agents. So GMs and agents are the, the big people, most of the people that I talk to. And hey, it's just like, I mean, people, people always ask me, who do you root for? I said, hey, I root for our American players and our American coaches. So that's right. Which is great. So, <clears throat> hey, Gavin, <laughs> Gavin, it's uh, Derek, he too. Um, I'm, I'm kind of kind of uh, feeding off what you're just talking about. Would you like to kind of go back and um, give us a little overview about how you originally got involved with USA Hockey and kind of how you got to where you're at now? Yeah, I mean, it's, so to be honest, Derek, it was just dumb luck, to be honest <laughs> with you. So I, uh, I started off, I, I played high school and college hockey, get done playing hockey, work in Saratoga Springs, New York, end up coming back to the North Country, um, after three years in Saratoga, and to be honest with you, 
Never thought in a million years I'd come back to the North Country after I was in Saratoga. And just how so a job opportunity came. And, you know, it's like everybody's mom and dad would tell you that when they called me for the interview for, for a job that I didn't even apply for, um, I told my dad at the time, I said, geez, I don't think I want to come back to the North Country. I'm enjoying, you know, uh, Saratoga. And my dad said, as every parent would say to, you know, a young guy that's probably 24, I'd just, I'd just go to the interview. So I go to the interview and they offer me a job and the, the president of the organization says, hey, how much is it going to take for you to, for, for us to get you here? And I said $8,000 more than I was making. And that was 1988. And $8,000 more than you're making in 88 was a lot of money. And the guy didn't bat an eyelash and he said, sure. So then I was back in the area, hadn't skated in three years. And a gentleman named Bud Sherburn, who coached me when I was a peewee and a midget in Potsdam, got my phone number from my dad when I moved back, said, called me up, even though I was probably, like I said, I don't know, 25, 26, I don't know quite how old I was. He calls me and it was still Mr. Sherburn when I answered the phone. And as we all had that coach, and he said, hey, I'm looking for a hockey coach, assistant hockey coach. And I said, okay, I could probably help you out. And uh, I said, well, when's practice? He goes, tomorrow. And I'm going, <laughs> uh, I'm going, I go, Mr. Sherburn, I haven't skated in three years. He goes, Gavin, it's only peewees. I'm sure you'll be fine. And then, <laughs> and then I said, and I, I was trying to get every reason, as we all do as young, as like every reason to, to get out of doing it. I said, Mr. Sherburn, I don't even think I have a pair of skates. He said, well, you better find a pair and then hung up on me. So, <laughs> so, so that's, so, I mean, and that's what I ended up coaching with him. Um, well, just one year with him. And then I coached a, a Bantam team after that. And then probably about three years after I was coaching, um, I got involved coaching some national festivals for USA hockey. And then um, just kind of maybe was ahead of the time. I mean, I ended up, coaching a bunch of guys that I thought, hey, it'd be kind of fun. Summer hockey was starting to get big. And then I, I coached um, a Chicago showcase team about three or four years. And geez, I had like even one year, I had Brian Coakley on my team. I had um, Dan, Danny Bullock on my team. And Rob would remember, Rob would know those guys. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Who else did that, we have that was, on the uh, team? Um, just before I played. It Thunder. Yeah. So we had um, who's the who's the kid uh, Mike Bushaw. Uh, Bushaw, yeah. So yeah, so I had those guys. I had you know Jesse Bolarice end up playing in the NHL. I had Matt Reed. I had um, Sean Richland. Yeah, I had Sean Richland that played for Michigan. Um, I had uh, Marty Reisner that's a oh, Canton. Uh, his yep. dad was from Canton that played at BC. So we had, we, I had a summer team of some really, really good players, but these guys were young and we'd go play in tournaments, some big time tournaments. And uh, I remember playing in Kingston one year and there was, it was a 34 team tournament and they were, we were the only American team in the tournament and uh, we won the tournament. And then wow. the next year, they, the next year we got invited back and it was 50 some teams and it was like a five day tournament in the summer. And we ended up playing Peterborough in the finals. <laughs> the guy, it was pretty funny. The guy said to me before the game, and I mean, obviously I'm a true American guy, but the guy said to me, well, it's really nice that they had invited an American team to come. And I said, yeah, it's really nice that they did. And he goes, you guys must be okay. I said, yeah, we're okay. And uh, he goes, well, he goes, well, he goes, well, we're really good. And I said, I'm sure you are. I mean, I, I'm sure you are. Well, we, we scored three goals in the first period, beat them five to one. And then in the championship game, he goes, you guys are good. I go, no, we're really good. <laughs> you know? So, so it was a lot of, and then year three, they didn't invite us back. So, but anyway, <laughs> but it was fun. So, so then when, so now when it trans, went from there is I, um, uh, then there was a position available to run as a national director for USA Hockey, basically for New York. And I had a bunch of people that I established relationships around New York through coaching that said, hey, I'd be great for it. So 
that was in 1995 and i've been on the national board of directors since 95 and i've been on the executive committee for the last 10 years so um and then i've been head of international hockey for the last uh, seven years so it's this is this was my second olympics as head of international hockey um it, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun our, obviously our women uh, won gold uh this year which was great our sled hockey teams won gold medals the last two olympic teams and um hey our our men have done have done okay too they did a really good job this year um, hey we, we lost in a shootout but anybody could have won that one when hey germany should have won the thing so um but yeah it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and it's just it's just kind of gone from there i was and in the interim too, I was also oh, president of the Northern Zone. I was vice president for New York State, and then uh, all during the time I was in, on, been on the national board of directors. But all I am now is uh, vice president of international hockey on the the board of directors, and then I'm also on their their foundation board as a director too, trying to raise some money because as you guys know, it takes whatever you need want to do, it takes money to do it. So yeah, short resume. This, this is Rob, Gavin. I, I have a, a question. You know, being from Potsdam, sure. where do you see all the yep. talent pool, you know, for you, the United States? Where are you guys drawing from? Well, Rob, it's, it's you know, when, and even maybe when you guys were going through it, I mean, you always had the big, you know, you had like Michigan, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New York. I mean, there were always, I would say there was a lot of good players from there. But now it is, I mean, there's good players everywhere. I always, I tell kids now, tomorrow it's going to be harder to play on any team than it is today. Just because there's so many players from all over the world and all over the U.S. that are playing hockey. I mean, yeah, I mean, just to uh, give you a quick story, Austin Matthews, when he got dra drafted number one, he's a guy that, you know, was born in Arizona, played hockey in Arizona, and then drafted as the number one player, you know, from, from Arizona. Um, when he was growing up, his, neither one of his parents played hockey. His dad took him to an Arizona game, and the uh, kid loved the game. He was a really, really, really good baseball player. The dad played baseball, and the dad's a big guy. And... Austin was a really good baseball player, and it's almost like dumb luck, too. So here's what happens. The hockey coach knows the kid's a really good baseball player, but he also knows the kid's an unbelievable hockey player, and he's playing in Arizona. The baseball coach says, hey, you're 15 years old. you got to choose what you want to do here. And the hockey coach says, hey, we'll, we'll work around your baseball schedule if you want to do both. So the kid told the, the baseball coach, I guess I'm playing hockey. <laughs> so good decision. So it, yeah, yeah, he, it's turned out pretty well for him. So yeah, um, yeah. he's uh, he's but but what happened? Hey, you take Seth Jones when he was drafted. I mean, the kids from Texas. I mean, there's good players all over. But one thing too is I'll give you guys. There's still we're still producing good players in New York. Last year, there was 18 New York-born kids that played on the first day of the NHL season more than russia has uh -huh. so new york state had more new york state had more players playing the first day of the nhl season than russia did That's so there's there's a there's a lot of good players um one thing that i think um is is and people you get old guys like me that were kind of like and i i wasn't but there's still a lot of people that think hey the cross ice and the small area games is I, I still get that every once in a while. Somebody says, well, how are they going to get any better if they're not playing full ice? I mean, the way to go is on this small ice surface um, because our players that played in the World Junior Championship last year that won, not this December, but the one before, the team that Jordan played on and they won in uh, the gold medal in Montreal, that group is the first group. Their whole – they were the kids that were that were the first players to go through the cross ice and the ADM program. So it's showing that, and we're getting more and more players in the NHL every year out of USA hockey. So I think it's two things. I think it's, uh, it's just the exposure and just like anything, when you're successful, more people want to jump on board and try it. I also think that, um, hey, even five years ago, the amount of hockey that you can see on TV, I mean, you never used to hear about the World Junior Championship 
and it's the second largest viewed tournament in the world. The only mm-hmm. thing that's that's viewed more than the than the World Juniors is the Olympics. So wow. um, I watched so the for, for a game from Mexico. So yeah, it was it was one of the, I mean it was a thriller. Yeah, so it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, when you go, I mean, you're playing and you're getting twenty three thousand out seventy three thousand people in Montreal watching guys that are 17, 18, and 19 years old. Um, and we, I mean, like, for example, for this year, this year, I think out of our 23 players, we had 11 of them that were drafted in the first round. So when you're talking the top 30, top 30 players, and we had 11 of them. So yeah. I mean, there's, a, we're, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good players, but they're just not, I mean, I guess to answer your question, Rob, they're not coming from the traditional areas. Um, they're coming from all over. And, um, uh, I still, though, I'm a big proponent. If you wanna, if you wanna get good, you gotta make it affordable for kids to be able to participate. So um, that's been our the two things. In my opinion, the two things that hinder kids in in hockey right now are the cost and the time commitment. So we gotta figure a way out that kids can do other things, and we're gonna be able to, you know, keep the cost down from ice time to equipment to that type of stuff because you know, we're, we're pricing ourselves out and we're, we might be eliminating some good athletes because I mean, we all know, Hey, it, it, it costs money to play hockey, it's you know, and I, I economic for sure. you know, so, so, I mean, we just gotta be, I mean, and we're aware of that all the time of, uh, you know, when we're making decisions because, Hey, I don't want to eliminate some kid that might be a great player because, you know, it, it we're, we've priced them out of being able to participate. So, and then also some of these, I mean, organizations, um, I mean, when we grew up, I mean, your moms and dads, whatever, it didn't matter. Like, for example, you could have had, you could have been an eight-year-old kid and hockey practice could have been at four in the morning. And I'm just, I'm just being facetious here. Could have been at four in the morning, but your mom and, and it, but your mom and dads would have found a way to get you there at four in the morning. Yeah, we'd have made that point. Um, You'd have made that. Well, the difference is now, though, you might have a mom and dad that don't, that are just trying it for the first time, have not been exposed to hockey, and they got their. We'll just use we'll just use Canton for example. They've got their eight-year-old son or daughter. They're gonna go. They're the mom and dad have never been exposed to hockey. They're got an eight-year-old son or daughter. They decide to go to the St. Lawrence game on Friday night. The game gets over about 9.15, 9.30. The kid gets home. They get him in bed. By that time, it might be 10, 10.30. And some of these knuckle organizations will say, okay, we should put these kids on the ice at 7 o'clock in the morning. Now it's February. Now it's February, and it's zero, zero degrees. The little kid, the little kid's already tired, says to dad, dad, I don't want to go. I'm tired. Dad says, "Great." He jumps back in bed, and now we've lost the kid. Now we've You're lost the kid involved in hockey. My last That's a fact. Season, right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we, I mean, we, and it, and it's not the days. And then I, I'll go back to the days where we all said, uh, "Your mom or dad would say, do it,' and you did it because they told you." Now we're like, "Hey, why should we be doing that?" And and that's okay too. So. I mean, the world's changed and things have changed. So you got to adapt. You can't just be running your organizations the way, you know, it might've been run when you as a kid were going up, growing up through. So you got to be, you got to be creative because what's happening is everybody's fighting for the consumer dollar, right, Mark? I mean, everybody is. So you got to make sure that yeah. what you're doing is, set, yes, is, yes, setting yourself, is setting yourself apart. So those are the, those are the discussions that I think, uh, you know, need to happen more you know, in organizations, uh, and, and let these kids play, let them have fun. And then uh, what, what, what really on a local level, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but on a local level, what really surprises me is people say that my son or daughter has to get exposure. Well, it's never been easier for people to know whether your son or daughter is a good player. I mean, 30 years ago, they might have been whispering that, uh, you know, somebody from Canton was a good player because there was no video. There was, you know, but now every, there was no internet. I mean, now everybody knows where the good players are. So, um, yeah. I mean, you can, you can, you can still play. 
to a certain degree and at a certain age, and then you got to decide, hey, there's a, I mean, I, I can't tell you exact age, but then you get to a certain age and say, hey, if this is something that I really want to do, and that's what the players got to know if they really want to do it, then here's what you have to do to be able to compete. And, and because this is what all the other good players are doing at your age to get them to the next level. But, but when we're doing that stuff at eight years old, that's crazy. Uh-huh. Gavin, real quick, just back it up, back it up a little bit. Yep. Um, with yeah. the uh, the coaching modules now for the you know USA Hockey, and I yep. hear a lot of pushback from people like my age. They have to go to a coaching module to teach them how to coach, and they played hockey their whole life, and they don't need to listen to this. And you know, you hear the uh, USA Hockey just wants our money, and you know, right. all the complaints and stuff like that. But you know, I've been to uh, three levels of the clinics now. And, uh, you know, what they're doing is, you know, with the cross ice in the smaller areas and trying to develop these U.S. kids to be better goal scorers. And, you know, they want USA Hockey wants those Americans to be in the top 10 of the scoring. Um, You know, the NHL wants to push more Americans in the NHL. And, you know, I think they've developed a good concept of, you know, how to create better hockey players. You know, before it was, you know, if you had a coach in, say, Canton, New York, they ran their practice. It was totally different from what they did in Potsdam or Ogdensburg and so on. So I'm a big proponent of, you know, trying to get things streamlined, trying to get these kids better at their skills, um, focusing more on certain things that are going to make them better hockey players, giving them more tools, um, you know, the the books with the, the drills and, and everything like that, giving them the tools to be better coaches. And then they also talk about, you know, how to coach different players and, you know, different rule changes that have happened to, uh, you know, no hitting and PEs and, and things like that that are trying to help de- develop these players in better ways. And, you know, do you – I mean, I see it where you have Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and you're starting to see these superstars come out of, you know, the United States. Does, the, does USA Hockey, you know, really – um, see that this program is is uh, working tremendously for for our players. Yeah, I I I, I think so. I mean, uh, I had I had one guy that a lot of times will speak at a level five clinic, and actually, there's going to be a level five clinic in Lake Placid in August. So we have some unbelievable. We're going to be NHL guys uh, speak. It'll be a, it'll be a really good clinic. But anyway. I mean, I've had a million people, I shouldn't say a million, I've had people say to me, a guy came up to me one day and said, listen, I don't know why I need to do this. He goes, I've been coaching for 20 years. And I asked him, have you been coaching for 20 years or have you coached one year 20 times? He kind of looked <laughs> at me like, I said, you know, I don't know about you. I said, but previously, I mean, I said, I don't, uh, hockey's not, you know, how I made my living. I said, I've made my living in banking and finance, and I have to take continuing ed courses all the time for my life. I said, I mean, there's some things that, you know, if you go in with an open mind, I didn't always like to take my continuing ed, but if you go in it with an open mind, you know, you might get something out of it. Um, so, but yeah, there are USA Hockey, and uh, I mean, we're trying to make a, a conscious effort of, I mean, here, our goal is, obviously, is for these kids to have fun and want to want to play hockey for the rest of their life even if it's only hey i play to go through high school never play any college and then hey i might be playing on a thursday night with a bunch of my buddies and having a couple beers and you know lying about how good i was you know <laughs> but you know but i but but but, but you so it's i mean we're looking for hey people the majority of people won't get to the higher levels but what we're trying to do is you know streamline things educate players, educate uh, coaches, educate mom and dads about here, here's the, the things that you should be trying, make it easier for people to participate. And I think the end result, when you take into all those things, it's the old adage, if you do the right things long enough, good things will happen. And I think that's what we're doing. And, and just back to what I said previously, Hey, all those guys have gone through cross site and they and, and they weren't you know they weren't checking and so now they're they're playing on a world junior team and 
some of these guys are, you know, I mean, you looked at these guys, 11 guys on that team last year, and I think we had nine the year before that are first-round draft picks. And they've all been going through what we're trying to, you know, have people go through do now. I mean, I, I just think it's crazy that, hey, we've all been there. I mean, I wasn't a big guy. I remember being 13 years old and playing against, I mean, a name you guys might not know, a, gay, name, a guy named Billy Norton that was a year older than me from Potsdam that got drafted out of high school to play by the Montreal Canadiens and then went to Clarkson. The guy was a man, and we're like 13-year-old guys. We're like, and we, you guys have all had that. I mean, so, but now if, if he couldn't check me, I mean, and, and I could, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get killed. I mean, there's, there's literally kids. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. And there's literally kids that, hey, were intimidated and said, hey, I, I, I can't do this anymore. So we've chased them out of the game at 13 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and guys develop, I, Craig Conroy tells the, the joke all the time because he's on my advisory committee and I put him on my international council. He, he tells the joke all the time. So his second year of peewees, but I was coaching my first year was with Bud Sherburn, my second, his, his second year of peewees and Bud and I cut him because he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't literally wasn't good enough as the other kids. But I'll give Bud credit that, hey, you're going to be a good player. You know, we have another team for you to play on. And instead of saying, hey, you suck, you know, and we only have one team and you're not playing. <laughs> I mean, the kid, so because Conway always laughs. I said, well, it worked out well, pretty pretty good for you. I mean, you played over a thousand games in the NHL. Yeah, so it worked yeah, right. out. But, but Hey, Gavin, but, it's, I mean, uh, it's Pat Sullivan. How are you doing tonight? Good, good, Pat. Gavin, I, just to get back on it, I think uh, St. Louis is the hotbed lately, right? Don't they have uh, what, Clayton so, Keller, two Kachuk boys? God, those. Yep. Keith, Keith was coaching those boys for a while. Was it just those three, or was there another one? Uh, no, so, so the what you have to it. So here's how it's happened in there: is a lot of those guys that played on the St. Louis Blues ended up staying in the in the area, like Al McGinnis. Um, Kachuk, a yeah. bunch of those guys stayed in there, and they started coaching their guys when they were young. We have what's happening is a lot of these, you know, if you're if they're playing in a, a nice city and there for a period of time, a lot of these guys are staying right there, and they're getting involved because all these NHL teams, just about all of them now, have a youth program. Whereas previously, if it was uh, St. Louis, they might have it just, you know, some local program. But what's happened is these NHL teams have established their own programs. And what they'll do is they'll have a lot of their alumni will still be coaching because their kids are, are now at that age. So yeah, St. Louis has got some really, really good players coming up through. They're really, I mean, Hey, Brady's going to be, great. Yeah. he'll be, he'll probably, my guess is he'll probably there. There's some rumblings right now that he might go three, but I guess I think he'll go four or five. But yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, hey, you got his brother that's playing in Calgary. I mean, they're just getting a lot of really good coaching, and I, I just think that this a lot of those guys have stayed. So um, I, I, I think it's more of that, and they've get they're getting good coaching because there's a lot of good St. Louis kids even that aren't you know named you know a Kachuk or, or or you know that type of thing. There's a lot of good St. Louis kids. Yeah, which is cool. Clayton's doing great down in. Uh, Arizona, just Arizona. Yeah, he'll. Um, he he's probably uh, going to be one of the guys we'll announce for our world championship. He got the only reason why he won't play is see what is these guys all have to get through their their season-ending physicals, and if they're not a hundred percent, and which I can understand, these owners and GMs will say, hey, we don't want them to go to the the world championship, which I can understand. So, but right, right. now. He's he's one of the players that that might be going with us too. So hopefully he does. He's a good kid. He can score, yeah. but he's not yeah, he, he's not big. No, he's not big at all. But he's got nasty hands. Um, Gavin, last oh, question. And we can, and and we can let you go. Um, with the USA women's uh, um, winning gold and you know finally beating Canada after about five times playing them, it seems like the women's pro league is getting pretty big now. I think they have five. Um, five teams. Um, do you know much about that? Are you into any of that at all? 
Yeah, because obviously I oversee all of all of that too. Um, yeah, what, what is happening? What's happening? But here, here's the kicker: is Canada has the women's league. It's the CWHL, Canadian Women's Hockey League, and the U.S. has the NWHL. I just don't think at this particular time, and they're already. They're, they're, I think they're coming to that conclusion now. Is they've been tied. There's U.S. and Canada are really, really good, but there's a pretty big drop off with the other countries. So what they have to do is that Canadian Women's League and the U.S. Women's League they have to get together, in my opinion, and and kind of come in together in one league because they don't even play each other. So you got the Canadian Women's League that might have a four or five teams in the U.S. and they don't even play each other. They might want to shrink the number of teams and they might have, want to have the caliber of their play a little bit better. And I would, I would suggest, and we've had these discussions, is maybe get some, uh, somehow get some involvement on some, in some European players in those teams. Because if we don't help those European teams develop better players, it's always going to be a two-horse race. And then what happens is when it's only a two-horse race, people get discouraged and won't want to participate. So I think that the U.S. and Canada has done such a great job and they got some such great players. But we ought, to be, we ought to be honest, too. All these players have gone through the U.S. college. So all the Canadian players and U.S. players have played college hockey. So um, where it's different, you know, up until this year, hey, our, our college guys will go to the NHL and then only a few of them will, you know, play in the play in the Olympics, the best of the best. But when you have the U.S. and Canada, I mean, whether it's Europe, whether it's a, a kid from Finland, Sweden, a lot of those players are starting to come over to the U.S. and play on the uh, – hey, Clarkson had a, a girl from the Czech Republic so that played on the team. So a lot of those countries are realizing, hey, for us to be able to get our players to play day in and day out, they got to go to U.S. colleges – I think the charge, the more of the charge is going to be um, developing players from other countries somehow under some system, whether it's under the women's pro league or, you know, getting them more involved in, in women's college hockey. Yeah, well, the, the USA women have done great things. Uh, you know, I watched them in the Olympics this year, and I mean, the caliber of play of the women's hockey has really increased over the years, and it's a, it's a real fun game to watch, and it's, uh, I think they're grabbing more viewers you know every every year so it's good it's to see to get better. Um, it's definitely definitely better to watch fun to watch i think very talented oh, yeah for sure. no it's really good i mean hey and it was really fun to watch live i mean hey when you're just like anything else you're going to overtime it was nerve-wracking but yeah we were we've got some really really good players and and these players are all products of some really good colleges i mean uh, there's just so many good american and, and canadian players I mean, uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, the product is, re is really, really good, so which is fun to see. Great. Hey, Gavin, really appreciate taking time for the Blue Line Hockey Club. Yeah, uh, the fellas and I really appreciate you getting on, giving us some knowledge on USA Hockey. It's been fun talking to you, and we wish you the best of luck with, the, with your endeavors in USA Hockey, and um, they're doing big things. It's great to see. Yeah, thanks Maybe, a lot, Gavin. Uh, uh, happy to do it. Maybe guys, uh, when we, uh, uh, when I get to Europe, maybe there's some way that we can hook up and I can get, uh, maybe a player or two or a coach to, to call in for a little bit when I'm in Europe over there for the world championships. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That'd be All great. Right. We'll, we'll, I'll be in touch with you for okay. sure. Okay. You guys just keep in touch with me and then, Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun and good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Gavin Reagan, Vice President of USA Hockey with us tonight. Great interview. Really appreciate him being on. Uh, we're going to get into NHL playoffs. See where we're at tonight, fellas. Playoffs. win yet? That game over? Playoffs. Oh, play playoffs. Playoffs. Don't talk about it. So playoffs? while we were uh, talking to Gavin, there's a couple playoffs? games going on. I think the Bruins have uh, finished off the Leafs for the night. I can't Capitals see it right now. Won. You guys got that? Capitals, Capitals just won, yeah. Big things. Uh, uh, the the Capitals with that win gets the uh, I think they regain home ice advantage now with that win ties up the series. They're gonna play Pittsburgh now. 
I think Pittsburgh's going to play the Bruins, aren't they? If they win. No, uh, Pittsburgh plays the winner of Columbus oh, yeah, you're right. and Washington. Gotcha. So Tampa Bay, if they can beat the Devils, will play the Bruins if they end up winning. But yeah, Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, let's get into uh, let's drill it down a little bit, guys. Let's see what we got going on here. What do you got going on? So, uh, I I had a fun series to watch, man. San Jose clinched it out four games to nothing uh, against Anaheim. You called it. You called it. Anaheim did not show up, and you know San Jose killed them. You know it was a, a fun series to watch. San Jose. Man, some of those guys have some wheels. They're like little, uh, you know, little bugs that uh, run on top of the water. <laughs> Holy shit! Crabs, like crab, pubic <laughs> crabs. crabs. Yeah. You know uh, about that. Yeah. So Anaheim's going home early. Uh, San Jose was one of the first, I think, to close out. I- I'm still holding yeah, that they're going to do well in the next round. Uh, Vegas, San Jose. I, I was telling Pat earlier, Vegas, man, you know, I, I haven't had, I, I haven't, I have not been able to watch them play, but from the highlights and stuff, watching the games, they, they are doing well. They're, they, they should be, you know, watched. They should be uh, talked about more. I haven't been able to, to watch a game. I watched a little bit and uh, yeah, we called it on the last podcast or a few podcasts ago. That was the series of the goalies and, I'm calling them, you know, the Vegas Mark Andre Fleury because that's the reason why they're winning. I mean, yep. Fleury has 66, 66 postseason wins who just passed Dominic Hasek, who had 65 for 11th in the NHL history. And Tuesday was Fleury's 12th career postseason shutout, which is tied for 12th in the NHL history. And, you know, he's won three Stanley Cups. And, and like I said before, this is the reason why – um vegas is so good i mean can you guys name you know their top line at vegas or their top two scores not too many people can um, obviously obviously they have some good players james neal david perron carlson cody eakin uh carrier um all those guys but mark andre Fleury is the reason why they are what they are um vegas scored seven goals and only allowing three in this series so they swept the LA Kings in four games. Four and seven goals. Seven goals and only allowing three. So um, keeping them to three is amazing. If Marc Andre Fleury shows up to work, I mean, they're going to, they have a chance to go probably to the final four. And, and uh, so that's on, my first series uh, San Jose and Vegas. Uh, that looks like it's going to be an interesting matchup. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, my other matchup was Nashville and Colorado. And, you know, to me, Nashville looks like the stronger team. Colorado has not, you know, they won one game. It's uh, 3-1 right now. But Nashville, I think, is going to take the, the series there. Going back to uh, some goaltending while we're on the topic, I'll, I'm going to talk about the uh, – the pens and the and the flyers. I mean, that's just been a series of uh, an ass kicking, in my opinion. The the flyers <laughs> won the second game. I mean, I don't know how they won, but you know, they came back to uh, Philly to play uh, yesterday, and pens just smoked them. And the last five visits um, in Philly with the pens, they've given up uh, three goals, and the pens have scored twenty. They've scored uh, our four games. They scored five goals in every game they've played in the last four games. So it's uh, they're winning that ser- that series by twenty to three in goals. And uh, the Flyers they've started three goalies in that series. So I mean, right there tells you. I mean, they they're not going to win this series. I mean, if you don't have a solid goaltender, it's not going to happen. And Murray's been been phenomenal. He's got two shutouts. You know, that, in my opinion, that series is over, you know, with Kessel, uh, <laughs> you would say. Yeah, like you know what? No, I'll tell you why the Capitals never make it out of, uh, you know. Capitals? Yeah. Well, We're talking about the Pens. They, uh, they have to go Philly. through Pittsburgh is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. See what you're saying so, now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, talk about Washington and how good they are. and Playoffs. Why they're never in the Stanley Cup Finals. It's because they have to go through Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh has been winning those games. I mean, they have arguably arguably the uh, best 
power play in the world. Um, you know, they just have such a dominant power play, you know, with uh, Kessel and Crosby's on fire. I mean, that guy has just been playing phenomenal. Um, and the, when it comes to playoffs, you got a guy like that, you well, know, look, 20, your team, 20, 20 playing goals well. in your first four games, you're going to be pretty confident going into, you know, the next series. Past Mario Lemieux's uh, playoff season points. Yeah, just saw that too. So, I mean, didn't even mention Malkin yet. I mean, it's just some firepower. So I see that series is, is pretty much dead. Uh, going into uh, Boston and, and the Leafs, uh, I, I mean, I watched the last two games. I didn't see the end of tonight's game because we were, were online here. But, you know, the game before, that was a shootout, man. There was there was chances for goals, like, nonstop. I think there was four or five pipes that were hit. I mean, it was action-packed. It was a great game. Uh, the Leafs did come out on top on that one. But uh, with Tuka Rask and that, I think he's he's got the advantage over Anderson. And uh, they're, they're having trouble scoring on him. And uh, I think that's going to be the difference maker there. Uh, did you guys see Chara's goal? Did not. Sniped it. Sniped it. Where to keep the peanut butter, Pat? No, upstairs. In Top shelf, cup. baby. <laughs> Top shelf. He snuck <laughs> it around. He snuck it around the uh, the defender and just. Oh yeah, like, yeah, I did see no that. Angle, Thank no angle. Angle. Yeah. 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 So Chara's even getting on the scoreboard there. Um, you know, I I think this series is. Uh, probably going to be ending the next game. Uh, the Leafs just can't keep keep up with them. So I know Pat's smiling over there and chirping on the Bruins, but I think that's the way it's going to go. But I mean, I, I mean, they're so, they're so stacked, they're not even playing Donato. I know like, that's kind of crazy, but he had 12 points in seven games and he's a healthy scratch. I mean, you got to be pretty loaded if you're going to, if you're going to sit a guy like that. So it says a lot for the Bruins. What do you got, he do? Well, Somebody who the Pens will have to play, like Robbie was talking about, looking at the Washington versus Columbus series. That uh, game just finished up. That series is now tied. Um, that that could have easily kind of – Caps could have found themselves down 3 nothing in that series. You know, I, they, I uh, can't even believe that they were down 2-1. to one. It's just – it seems ridiculous. It's a wild card going against a number one fucking seed, against Ovechkin, getting his 600 fucking point, and they're down 2-1. to one. Uh, well, this is pretty they, good, they were almost down three nothing, but the guy, you know, oh, no. I think it was Lars Eller, I think, scored the double overtime winner, right? To, mm-hmm. to make it yeah. a two one series. So um, you know, it's been it's been uh, Ovech speaking about Ovechkin Tupi, I mean he hasn't really he hasn't shown up much in that series. I don't, I don't does he have any points at he, all in that he, series? He always I mean I not in this series, but you know, when when he gets into the first round of the playoffs, he cannot score, you know, he doesn't win the games. So and that's why yeah. they go home. It, it, they end yeah. up playing, you know, Sidney Crosby, and Crosby delivers. So that's well, a difference be a good between match start, if they know, do. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a tight series going forward, and uh, you know, the Blue Jackets I think have trailed in every one of the games and somehow clawed their way back. And like I said, it was almost a three nothing series. Now we're looking at two two, and their Capitals regaining home ice. So. Um, I think I don't, I'm not sure which way it'll go. I think they're two good teams, but uh, if I'll pick Washington to come out of there, and uh, that's going to be a hell of a matchup with with the Penguins. Um, if that indeed uh, pans yeah. out, it's going to be two of the league's best power plays going against each other. So, if that's the case, so yeah, I got and goaltending in there too. With Holby, he's their guy now. Looks like tomorrow, tomorrow night at 7:30 on USA is uh, Wild versus the Jets. Um, in Winnipeg, Winnipeg has the advantage clearly. Their shots are 84 to 37 in favor. That's pretty significant. 84 to 37. Um, the Wild, the Wild is 0 and 5 at Winnipeg and 1 and 5 in their last six road games. So they're going to have to pull off a miracle, especially with Zach Parisi out um, with a fractured sternum. And Sutter's obviously out. He was out after game one with that uh, left ankle. Um, but the goalie for uh, Winnipeg, uh, Hellebeck, is just on fire. Um, he's actually up for the Vezina Trophy that just came out recently. And we called it again on this. That I mean, I think we called it for all the playoffs that goalies, whatever goalie shows up for the playoffs is big. Um, it doesn't matter what seed you are, uh, one, five, or six. But uh, he had 30 saves in the last game and came out with a shutout. So um, uh, I think the Jets could uh, – 
possibly win their first playoff series in franchise history. Um, I'm, I still think maybe um, the Wild could pull out one game, but uh, it's gonna have. They're gonna have to get the bounces. They're gonna have to get the the refs to call in their favor. It's gonna take a lot for them to win. But that's Listen, tomorrow. We're all we're all pulling for the Wild, obviously. But Winnipeg, as you guys remember, this is this is kind of my pick to go right to the Stanley Cup. I think this team's nasty. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they got they got some big physical players. They got excellent goaltending. And they got snipers, and I—that's kind of a—they kind of take. I think they've taken. I think they take some people by surprise. You know, it's like this team that walks up the bus and they just come in and kick your ass. You know, so it's—it's—they're uh, a good team. They're fun to watch. They got the Am- Amish assassin on there, Line A. And, Bufflin, uh, Bufflin's yeah. a beast. Uh, he is a beast. So Holy shit. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. They're—they're they're a nasty team. They're—they're they're really good. I like watching them. And uh, small, small market team. He kind of—I don't know. I have a. I guess being a Kansas City Chiefs fan in the NHL, I kind of like those small, small market teams. So, so I do see, you uh, think uh, Winnipeg, Nashville, over on the west there? Yeah, I, I think I think Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure who they who they end up playing on the uh, to get to the Stanley Cup, but I think Winnipeg will be playing in the Stanley Cup. I see. Uh, speaking of Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs are playing in Mexico this year. Mexico City. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, playing against the Rams in Mexico City this year. So. Hey, who uh, cross-checked Stahl last game? You saw that right, Pat? I did cross-check him in the face. And he got, he got, he got suspended for a game. One game. Yeah, I got a one game. A lot of people. He, I know I, I was watching. Uh, him? Yeah, Marty McSorley. Yeah, I, I was watching Ronick talk after that game. He was fired up. He was. He he thought that really kind of changed the momentum of that game and that he he was thinking that you know, that should have been like more of like a three game suspension. So I guess maybe yeah, if you got a one game suspension, that guy should be pleased. What about Speaking uh, of suspensions, uh, Kadri is going to be back for the Leafs in the next game. He had a three game suspension for blasting somebody from behind in game oh, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that doesn't help the Leafs much having him out the last three games, but he'll be back for the next game. I don't know if that'll help him or not, but we'll see. Probably not. What about uh, Tampa, New Jersey? Who's watching that one? I don't know. I, I, I got that series it. wrong, kids. I've got that series wrong. I, I picked New Jersey to kind of make a run at them, but Lightning has picked up right where they left off during the regular season, being uh, leading the league in goals. And they're kind of smoking well, them. I mean, I think what? they scored, yeah. well, they scored averaging like five goals a game, I think, when, they, when they're playing. So yeah. Kucherov is being. That Taylor Hall for New Jersey, you know, is, is all right. Have you guys seen him play? Who is it? What's oh, his name? He's, he's great. Taylor Hall. Yeah, he's up for the Hart Award, man. He's been pretty nasty. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's the first time I've seen him actually play. That's why I brought him out. He was good. Fun to watch. He's been out in Edmonton, so it's tough for the East Coast guys to watch. So the uh, playoffs are going to be coming to uh, the next round by our next podcast. So most of these series will be finished up by next week. And uh, we'll be getting into the analyzation of the next round so it should be pretty interesting the next few days see what happens and uh we'll get on it we'll have a special guest next week and uh tune in to bluelinehockeyclub.com check us out on facebook like us on twitter do all that sharing and retweeting and get us out there see you next time keep your stick on the ice yeah. see ya take your head out <laughs>